Welcome back to Yak Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, a red sky at night, Jay. And doing as always is my co-host, a delighted sailor, Z. How are you doing today, Z? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm doing quite well as a red sky at night, based on the, old, the old saying. What's what saying would that be? Uh, red following. sky at night, sailor's delight. Red sky at morn, sailors take warn. Okay. Because if it's in the morning, it's like a storm coming. Okay. I yeah. believe is the idea. Uh, and at nighttime, it's just a standard sunset? Yeah. That's okay? Okay. Uh, Good enough. I learned from my Cat in the Hat book about weather. So are you sure that's not just like a Dr. Seuss little rhyme there? Well, you know, we're going to look it up live on the air. Because uh, <laughs> if it's not, I'm going to have an existential crisis live on the podcast. Oh, here we go. Red Sky at Night, Shadow's Delight. The old adage it's from the Library of Congress. Okay. Surely Dr. Seuss wouldn't infiltrate this. This usually indicates high pressure and stable air coming in from the west. Basically, good weather will follow. All right, good enough. A little bit of weather for you, listeners. First the Beatles and now this. Huh, learning a lot. <laughs> learning a lot. All right, Jack. As might be expected, we saw a movie this week, didn't we? We did. This week, our our choice was... Well, it really wasn't much of a choice. It's the only it's movie that was starting. Nah, but that's all right. We saw uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. So... Let's see, let's see, Jack. What do, what do you think of Transformers generally? Have you got uh, an opinion? Well, it's not a positive one. We talked uh, about the trailer, but yeah, I mean, I think like as a, I remember, I watched like the cartoon as like like the old cartoon as a kid, like I'd rent from the library. I remember thinking that was cool and fun. Uh, but the movies I never really got into. I've only ever seen like two, three, and four. I think I've definitely seen four. I can't remember if I've seen two or or only three. Hmm cool this, yeah so uh i didn't see bumblebee that, so yeah i got the one in the middle of the writer strike ones so three is uh three is probably my favorite of them it's just because there's just a massive battle there's lots of transformers fighting in that one uh isn't the third one where the uh big worm swims through the swims through the building and like destroys it with them all inside yeah it sounds right <laughs> that sounds it's, it's all the big buildings well because the whole climax takes place in a city which I guess the first one does, but yeah, it's a big, it's this massive battle in Chicago. They level the whole fucking place, basically. Yeah, and it makes it look better. There is ton, <laughs> damn, there's tons of like, like downright uh brutal deaths in that one. Frankly, Ooh, that's when he executes Sentinel Prime, right? Yeah, he executes Sentinel Prime in a crazy way. Um, he kills Megatron pretty ruthlessly. This is apparently there's like a leaked original script where Megatron was like, maybe we should stop fighting Optimus, and Optimus is like, yes, that is the way forward, Megatron. But in the actual movie, he's like, fuck you, Megatron, and he executes him as well. Damn. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, there's a part where they they physically tear one of the Decepticons limb from limb, like four or five Autobots just get on a guy and rip him apart. It's it's honestly insane. I don't know what they were thinking, dude. But it's 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 amazing. It's it's actually fucking incredible, I think. Dark of the Moon. It's, it's the best one for like sheer shock alone. Sheer just value. I mean they didn't have enough writers there like what do we do? Uh and it had my favorite of all the Bayverse Transformers, which was um Dark of the Moon Sideswipe. He's a Corvette. That's cool. Have you got a I'm... favorite Transformer, Jack? Um, probably the big dino ones. Which one? Uh, the T Rex one. Or the Pterodactyl one. He's cool. It's his name, Jack. I don't Tell know. Tell us his name. I never know. Son of a bitch. I don't care. Fair enough. The T Rex's name is Grimlock. Grimlock. They're the Predacons? No, they're the Dinobots. Oh. Well, they're the Predacons. Dinosaurs, bro. 
Uh, the Predacons are, I think, part of Beast Wars, but they weren't in this movie. Oh. I remember the fourth movie going on forever. It has like three climaxes. It's unbelievably long. Too long, I'd unbelievably say. Unbelievably long, Jack. I thought the same thing. There's like a part like halfway through that movie where you think the movie's over. It's insane. Let's see how long like, Age of Extinction is. It's like 240 or something. It's long. I was going to say, it's probably like shorter than fucking Avatar 3 or 2, but it just like feels like the longest movie you've ever seen in your entire life. Because it's Transformers and just like the same thing. Mark Wahlberg just saying... What the hell? Two forty-five. That's way too Ooh, long. That's, that's almost as long as the Batman. That's only five oh minutes shorter than the Batman. God. Yeah, it's horrible. Really fell off. I also, I also have never even seen uh, the last night at all. But anyway, so all that's to say, I think you. It's fair to say we have a pretty kind of lukewarm opinion on the Transformers, right? Mm, absolutely. And you know, I know these are very precious to a lot of people, right? You know, there's tons and tons of people where Transformers is like their Star Wars, thing. right? Yeah, or whatever their thing is, but um, not quite so for us. Not at all. Not even a little bit. And I think I would have to say that uh, my enjoyment of this film probably reflects that on a certain level. But just right off the bat, I don't think this one was terrible. Uh, yeah, going off what you know, I remember from some of the other ones, I think it's more watchable than than a good number of them. Yeah, I'd say so. It's it wasn't like bad, but like not. Doesn't do a lot for me. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Just completely, just like thoroughly uninteresting, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Again, it's not. There's nothing I could point to where I'm like, this is offensive. It's just, yeah. It's it's also one of the most like generic kind of movies you can imagine, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's very by the numbers. I feel. You know, I've seen some people say that, like, oh, this one has a better plot than the the Bay ones. I don't think it does, really. I mean, it's. Or maybe it's just the plot in those was so bad, but it's just like uh, the same thing I remember from all of those, which is we need to get a thing. Yeah, we need um, to get this thing that exists. And then I honestly feel like this has less spectacle going for it than some of the other ones, but you know, whatever. Like I said, I, I like when there's lots of Transformers. I know that, like, you know, because of like marketing purposes and things, they basically swap out the cast every time except for Optimus and Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. But I get sick of it. Like, I feel like they should just add to the cast instead of swapping them out because it's always some convoluted reason for like why like last movie we had twenty friends and now we have like four. But this is also like a new timeline or whatever. So yeah, it's they're like on Earth earlier than they are in the Bay movies. Yeah, yeah, correct. So this is a follow up to Bumblebee, which is probably still the best of them. Uh, I don't know. Okay, so like, let's see. So uh, one of the things I also saw is that people say that the characterization, especially of the Transformers, is better because they get more to do than the humans. That's definitely not true. The humans are still the focal point, I feel, of this movie. Yeah, for sure. But they are, I guess, more developed in that they have some semblance of an arc. Optimus Prime's arc, it, well, he's, he's not the only one, first of all, right? I guess mm-hmm. Mirage maybe even so slightly, but Mirage doesn't change much. Like, he's pretty cool with the humans to begin with, and he, you know, he pays good on that f- throughout the whole movie. Right, Optimus Prime has misgivings about humanity, and then he's he comes racist. Yeah, he's a bit of a racist, and then he comes around, which is nice, I guess, right? It's a good mm-hmm. thing to see play out, I suppose. You know, pretty important for him as a dude, so that's fine. But I also didn't find it, like, you know, incredibly deep or anything, right? Oh, not at all. Like, it just kind of was, eh, nothing. It was weirdly, like, it was like a weird time travel stuff in the background they didn't really address, which I was hoping they would. Uh, like what? Like, um, like, just that the fact that the... Maximals are from the future because they know about Optimus Prime. And they're like, "Yeah, man, we know about you. You're sick." 
I was named after you. So it's like, okay. I don't know what you mean. Aren't they from the future? Why do you think that? I think they say that. I, There's a couple they? lines where I, I, at least I, I believe it's implied that they're from the future. Because the thing can travel through time. They say time and space. And then they mention the fact that, like he says, Optimus Primal. And then Optimus like, well, you're like named after me? And he's like, yeah, I'm named after you. Like, I'm being basically. And then he says, like, when he's going to sacrifice himself in the movie, spoilers, Optimus Prime, Primal's like, oh, yeah, like, this is what you're supposed to do. This is like, this leads to other things, which says that, like, does he know? I'm not sure I, I co-sign all this. Maybe I just so, I saw it and weighed too much into it, but that's what it looked like. To, it sounded like to me. So I thought the idea was more or less just that Optimus Prime is famous and was famous, and so people knew of him, and that's why he was named after him, right? Like that that works enough for me. You know what I mean? I guess I guess I don't know how old they're all supposed to be. Very right. Even Optimus Prime. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Let's, Let's give it a quick Google, Jack. Maybe it's Ron. Is it Ron Perlman's voice who Optimus Prime? Correct. Maybe that's throwing me off because his voice is so old and rigid. I'm like, well, he's he's clearly the gorilla is really old, much older than Optimus Prime, or about the same age. I don't know. Uh, this says, in most continuities, the Autobot Decepticon War has been going on for or concluded after a period of roughly four million years. <laughs> oh, geez. So they're really old. Yes. So, um, this says in the IDW run, he's at least four million old years old, but in he's considerably older in the Marvel run. <laughs> <laughs> Saying about nine million. Oh my god, this is nineteen billion years old. <laughs> nineteen billion? That's older than the universe. That yeah, that's what this this guy literally says that nineteen billion parentheses older than the universe. <laughs> so yes, I think the idea is that Optimus Prime is uh, legendary because he like they they knew of him and that's okay. why he's named after him. I thought it was interesting that they at least mention that. I guess there's probably existing lore for why that was even in the old TV show, but just hearing that, I think I probably even commented on it when we talked about the trailer. That's so dumb, right? Like, yeah. it makes sense to to name your toy that, but it doesn't make sense to name a character that in the sense that you're... Yeah, there's actually a storyline to go along with them, right? To be like, why is he called Optimus Primal? That's like a pun. Yeah. <laughs> why is this guy's name a pun? What also, is that? Like, why would the Primal part... Why would it like this, why would the title be different? Because Sentinel Prime is... The same rank as Optimus. Optimus I think is I like, the same thing. I feel like I literally talked about. Yeah, Prime yeah. is their is their title, a rank or something. Optimus is just his name. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, we'll keep Optimus, but I'll do a fun pun because I'm a gorilla. Also, why is he a gorilla on before he gets to Earth? Well, I mean, why are they dinosaurs, right? Like you just but, can't worry about it too much. I, I thought they were dinosaurs because were when they, they based off of dinosaurs, when they get to Earth, they scan the dinosaurs like the Autobots do when they yeah, get to Earth. Could be. Yeah, you so just that's can't what I worry about it, right? Like, yeah, I was like, uh, that bugged me the whole movie. I was like, why is, why is he a rhino? What the fuck? Again, because he's a toy, right? Yeah, he's a like, toy, yeah. This toy would be fun. And then they have to somehow re. I don't know. For all we know, there's some kind of logic. I think, you know, I think there's like in Transformers lore, there's like an ancient race of like creator aliens, right? Who made the Transformers. Mm -hmm. There always is. So you could probably argue that they like also made gorillas or something, you know, like whatever you needed to do there. Yeah, whatever you need to get, get to the next issue. So that's fine. Um, I don't know what one of the things is. I didn't love the villains in this. I just didn't think they were very interesting looking. Yeah, Scourge got that. It's a mask, like a gladiator kind of mask. They're the Terracons, right? Yeah. I feel like I didn't get anything out of that. Yeah, not really. So what are the other two? To, what are they supposed to do? They're hunting planets. 
Right, but like I feel like these ones in particular, because I thought they were supposed to be more counters to the to the like what are they called? The good uh, ones. Oh, the maximals. The maximals, right? As in, like, aren't they also supposed to be creatures of some kind, or is that is that something I'm just putting onto them? Because they just turned into vehicles, right? Like normal. Yeah, they're just like regular, like Autobot Decepticon-looking fuckers. So, like, yeah, why are they? What makes them even distinct from Decepticons, other than that they are working for Unicron? I don't know. I just found that kind of boring because it's like, why aren't they also big monster ones? I think that would be more interesting. But like, there was one who was just a big truck, right? Like a tow yeah. truck. Does one of them become a jet? Yeah, the one is a jet. So, like, that's neat or whatever, but it's just kind of less interesting than being big animals, which I... Yeah, so I'm looking at... The Terracons in the... It looks like in the original were, like, yeah, horrible monster things. This one's got yeah. two heads. He's like a drag dinosaur thing with two heads. There's, like, a, t- or a pterodactyl one. I don't know. These look more interesting. So I kind of wish they had done that, maybe, but... Maybe because they were dinosaurs, they were, like, we already used the Dinobots, so... I also will never not hate that, like, pretty much consistently in these movies now, except in Bumblebee, they actually finally broke this kind of mold. The villains are always just gray, um, which is like, in the show, the villains are still colorful. Yeah, they're all brightly colored. They're just more purple and darker colors, but sure, They have certain kind of schemes that, like, I think distinguish them. But in general, you get the gist anyways. Whereas in the movies, it's always just the bad guys are gray and the Autobots get to be colorful. But even the Autobots aren't as colorful as you'd like them to be. Either, no, not like, at all. So, I don't know. But like Scourge, yeah, he just didn't absolutely nothing for me as like a character. No, it was vaguely interesting when they mentioned that he like ate his world. Like, okay, that's, I guess, interesting enough. That's like a, a like something. But then they never mentioned it again. It's like, okay, who even cares? Yeah. Like, am I supposed to feel sorry for this guy? Guy just like loves who like has trophies of the little insignias that he kills, because there's a whole thing of like he seems to be kind of doing it against his will almost. Like, uh, what's his name is mean to him, Unicron. Unicron. So like, there's that I guess, but I can't say I care too much. He revels in it, so he doesn't care that much. Yeah, again, he's into it. Like you said, he's taking trophies and shit. So he does all his whole like, oh, sorry, master, I'm not having a good time. But it's like I don't know. It seems like you're kind of into it. Kind of having a great time until you get in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he's the one who had two heads. That's so much cooler. Oh, that would have been sick. Said he just had like a weird face covered by a mask. He's just nothing in this. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's Peter Dinklage. Let's talk about the voice cast a little. So this one's Peter Dinklage. Again, I feel like he did nothing for me. I guess yeah. it was him. I couldn't have told you one way or the other. They all just make him sound so like, you know? Yeah, robot-y. robot and angry, the Decepticons are. But I guess good for him. Uh, I don't feel like I recognize any of the other villains. No, I don't think I did Ron, either. Ron Perlman was Optimus Prime. Well, he did a good job. Michelle Yeoh was the Air Razor. Cool. Yeah, yeah, Air Razor. Good call. Um, they kill her. They kill Michelle Yeoh Transformer. <laughs> yeah, they really do. We never I, even see what she was going to turn into. I have a couple of things about that. So it seemed like when um like Air Razor's like, yeah, I don't know where any of my friends are. Like, they could be scattered to the world. And they pull up, and the other three are just hanging out in the Amazon without her. Together like, oh, still, though. What'd you say? I, I said together still, though, right? Like, yeah. They were all, they all knew where each other was because they were hanging out together, and she was just off on her own. Yeah, and then she's like, I where are the others? Like, all, all the other people we were with died. It's like, wait, there were other ones? I thought you, you four were the last. It looks like that's all who left the planet, right? Yeah. The four of them all left together at the very beginning. So, yeah, what, who else were they waiting on? Or who was she with? Yeah. Weird. Weird. So they've just been on Earth this whole time? Like, why did... 
Optimus not know about that? What's the like? Where, what's the idea behind these like different Transformers? It's weird. Yeah. Like they're not from Cybertron, I guess, but they're. I mean, they are still Transformers. They're the same race, right? I mean, yeah, how do, are they? I I really don't know. Who who can know? Transformers a species? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what like the name for them species? them are. They're probably some weird name in the comics. Who like, but they like some synthetic organic robots or whatever. Mm. Also, why didn't the dad and the or the mentor in the beginning of the movie turn into like his more human form or like his more max form or whatever the fuck to fight Scourge? I don't know. He just had like arm blades as a gorilla and Scourge kicked his ass. He's like, all right, I'm done. Yeah, it wasn't even a fight. Scourge just stabbed him. Just did that classic like, oop, and then I stabbed you. It's like, wait a minute, and then I blew up your shoulder. What's that? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good point. I think the answer is they wanted to save that reveal for the end. Yeah, it's it's an but all right. They put it in the uh, the trailer. The, so. Yeah, so I was waiting for that the whole movie, being like, "All right, when are they gonna do it?" <laughs> but also, when you're a gorilla, is it even that big of a difference? Like, that's what I was thinking. Kind of redundant to be a gorilla. That's a, that's like a distinction, right? Like, there's there's kind of strengths and weaknesses to both of those forms, and you're and you're really kind of like doing something different. But yeah, mm-hmm. if you're a gorilla and then you change to a, a just like a kind of more standard human proportioned robot, that's not much different. I mean, you still got arms and legs and things that are like useful, but I mean. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you can just still move at the same kind of speed, just like in a different way. Yeah, just in a different way. I don't know, man. I don't. I feel like I just don't mess with the Beast Wars on that kind of level. I know there's a lot of people who like Beast Wars as their their era because that was a distinct kind of. I think it was its own TV show, even right. I think so. Uh, but I just I don't think it's as interesting to just turn into a gorilla or a cheetah or whatever. But a robotic cheetah, because what's the point? I don't know. I think it's cooler to be a tank or like a jet or a cool yeah. car or whatever because then the know. gun becomes part of your arm but you can just kill random spears at cheetah what a spear yeah where'd that come from what do you also, do like they don't do anything the other two it's like why are they even in this movie yeah the cheetah one talks like what twice, twice. once or twice although then again so does like wheeljack so i don't know um i guess all the t- so let's uh, oh yeah so we're, we're doing the voice actors right so yeah. mirage is the other than optimus right our main one um, he's voiced by Pete Davidson. He actually did a pretty good job. I gotta say, I'm not the biggest yeah. Pete Davidson guy. And I was like, Oh, is he going to be insufferable? I don't think he was though. I think he was just fine for, for what he was supposed to be. It's like the, the, you know, uh, the go between, between the humans and them, you know, the, yeah, the, for sure. Bridge. He's like basically the bumblebee of this one, which I think it's good that they gave someone new that kind of role. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like Bumblebee's done it almost every single movie. It's been the one who's like the one who's super friendly with the humans. But at this point, I'm pretty sick of the fact that they don't just let Bumblebee talk. I guess they've yeah. kind of like so resigned annoying. themselves to that now. You know what I mean? Like they've totally just locked that in as his defining trait mm-hmm. for the movies and they just can never change it. But I really wish they had taken the opportunity with the reboot to do that, <laughs> to let him speak. Yeah, but, and what does he do? Doesn't he, isn't he only supposed to do like radio songs? Why does he do movie quotes? I think he used to do more so. But yeah, in this one, it's all movie quotes from what I can tell. And he says, like, you got to start going to that drive-in movie theater. I'm like, does he record oh, these? That's where he got it from. Yeah, he must. It's the 90s. He's not, like, pirating them, is he? <laughs> he sounds like he is. Where's he getting them, though? Oh, but I mean directly. I mean, he's not, like, torrenting them. <coughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. Cut all that. I will. I will. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess he's just recording them at the movie theater he's going to. But then again, is he going to a movie th- or, uh, like, a drive-in that's playing reruns and shit? I feel like we're thinking too hard about it again. But again, those are, like, older movies, right? Yeah, maybe an old timey driving because there used to be a lot more drive-ins. Yeah, that's true. He does that thing that's just a terrible, which is like you can't really understand what anyone's saying or what he's saying. I mean, because like 
it's just like you can't take a snippet of a quote like that and then try to enter it into a conversation because it's all disjointed and like the tone and the cadence of it isn't right. And so yeah. it it takes extra effort to even understand what it is he just said and means by it. I don't care for it. I really don't. No. I, don't I, think it's, I don't think it's funny. They should have left him dead. <laughs> yeah. How'd you feel about that? I mean, I didn't I care. Didn't I didn't feel even anything. Well, because there was no way he was dead, right? I mean, no, of course not. They do fucking three in this movie alone. So you know, really dying. Yeah. There's just a fake out. Like again, they do like multiple of them, even in this movie. Um, who else do we got beyond that? We got Stratosphere. Yeah, we got Stratosphere. He does nothing. I don't know why he's not able to participate in the actual fight. Because he's humongous. It seems like he'd be useful, right? Yeah. Whatever. I guess he's because he's too old. How old is he though? Like, what the fuck's wrong with him that he's so messed up? They're all like, "Oh my god, get a load of this guy!" If you're all a million or whatever, what's the difference? Yeah. Oh, he's a million and ten, so he's like falling apart. Stupid. If I'm old in the universe, how old could this guy be? <laughs> yeah, right. Come on. But I guess that's why he's he's so old and broke down. That's fine. Uh, RC is fine. Didn't do much. Just got that fake uh, human. Yeah, that's cool. She's uh, she benefits ba- majorly from the what is it? The um, mass. Something, something. They have a word for it. She's bigger in a robot than she is in a car because just it just mass just shifts and they right. don't explain it because that's what they do in the sh- in the actual like you know the toys one thing but in the the shows and stuff it's just like whatever needs to happen happens. Yeah, they get bigger enough and smaller and they explain it away with some nonsense. I mean, she's definitely a, on the smaller side of them, but she goes from being like a Ducati to being like as she's tall like as Mirage. Yeah, she's like a, a car. So and Mirage can like change what car that he is. That's cool. I mean, they can all do that. They just don't, really. Yeah. Right? But Mirage is cool. I gotta say, right? How do you feel yeah. about him? Porsche 911. It's a dope car. I can get on board with that. I did like the the, the uh, chase, actually. Even though it was pretty, like, you know, it's literally just a car chase. I think that was still kind of good. It was dumb. Yeah, like well. like, he, like, he's like the best driver ever, right? Because he is a car. Yeah. So, that's pretty neat. Like, when he's driving backwards and he, like, transforms around and turns back straight. That's cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Let's see. Who's the voice of RC? Is it anyone? Oh, I know. I looked at this the other day. For some reason, the IMDb is all fucked up, and you can't find the voice actors for some reason. They're like not credited properly. But uh, I don't know. I think that's those are the main ones. Again, there's yeah, a few like I said, Wheeljack does nothing. He's a bug, a Volkswagen bus, uh, bug bus, but a, a big VW bus. That's neat, I guess. But he does nothing. Yeah, he just does like a bit where they think he's racist. Yeah, that was terrible. I it's unbelievable to me that um. These movies still do that because they've been lampooned forever that like there's weird racial depictions in these of Transformers who are just overly so, right? Like, mm-hmm. why do you do that? There's no reason to do that, right? So the fact that in 2023, we got one where they're still like, hey, I'm a weird racial caricature, but I'm a robot. And then they call attention to it in the, like, that's horrible. I hated that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was no good at all for him to be like, oh, you're Spanish because you speak with Spanish. And he's like, what do you mean? I just, I'm just a transformer. I just talk like this for no reason. Are you racist? What? And like he even said, he's like, "You're a robot." Like, yeah, like that's what. what, what who's who's that joke for, right? Because it doesn't really make sense for him to say. That's just for like us. I got a big laugh in my theater. Oh, people <laughs> like that one when he's like, "You're a robot," and they're like, "Oh, that's so funny." Like, is it? Well, yeah, I don't know. Is it? Is it trying to like call attention to it to be like, "Look, it. This isn't racist because we're making fun of it." I guess. I, I guess, man. That's a, that's a that's even that's kind of tough. 
I guess you believe that. I don't know if I believe that. Right? But fine. Again, though, he does nothing, so it's of zero consequence. He's got glasses for whatever reason. He's got glasses. Whatever. Stupid. And that's about it. Right? Yeah. Um, That's all of them. Okay, the actual humans, right? So we got Anthony Ramos as the main guy. It's just the most generic shit you've ever seen, right? He's down on his luck, and his brother's sick. And he's from the army. He's from the military. But no one gives him a break. Fine. Whatever. Just, again, the most basic-ass fucking shit you've ever seen in a movie. But I didn't get why. It felt so strange to me. It probably It was obviously very contrived. When he went to that interview, and he cancels it, and is like, yeah, I called your officer, and you didn't work well in the military, so you'll never work as a, in a construction, in this, not construction, in the security job. He's like, what? How does that? Why would you track that? He didn't like kill anybody. He just was like, eh, disinterested in war. So like, I feel like there's some differences there, fella. Yeah, yeah, I I don't disagree. And also though, like, I mean, it's, I guess it's his arc or whatever. But yeah, it's it's that's a pretty like ham-fisted like exposition type thing to be like. Well, I talked to your commander in the military which you were in, and he said you're not a good member of a team. So, you know, we know, like, oh, he's cool and a military guy, although that never really comes much into play. And then also it establishes that he needs to learn to be part of a team. Yeah. But that's not super compelling. Again, no. it's just, it's it's very generic stuff at the front to be like, he's he's down on his luck and he's looking for a break and it's and no one's get, no one's being fair. And, and he's got to revert to crime, even though the thing that he's good at doesn't really relate to the thing he was doing crime in. I thought the same exact thing. Like, if he's, he's he's like a good hacker guy, like, why doesn't he just do that? Yeah, he can, like, make you a free cable or whatever. He's like, all right, go steal this car. That's, like, pretty low-key compared to, like, yeah, breaking into a museum to steal... Or, no, wait, what were they doing at first? Yeah, stealing a car. Like, breaking and jacking a car. That's 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 a lot more, like, high-risk. Oh, for sure. It's a lot more directly confrontational, I feel. But that's fine. Again, you need plot to happen. Oh, yeah. You gotta get that plot rolling, baby. But he's fine, and then he he does become he does learn how to be a human or a team member, whatever the fuck. You get it. Yeah, <sighs> he can work as a team, so that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean that's his arc. I actually really did like the um that he gets the human transformer suit at the end. Yeah, that was cool. That was a nice addition. <laughs> I actually did think that was fun because you know that's like that's like an older thing, right? They've been do- that's I think it's in the first like the original animated movie, right? Uh, is that? I don't remember. He, to be fair, he doesn't actually transform with it, does he? But um, he just has like a set of power armor, basically. So he gets to participate in the final battle. I actually thought that was cool, especially when him and Optimus are teaming up to beat Scourge. Oh, I yeah. think that's cool that he's got like this exosuit on, and so he can participate. He's not obviously quite a match for any of the Transformers on his own, but he can he can help, and I think that's neat. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I think it makes the action a little more engaging. Because when you're just watching the robots punch each other, I don't, I, I tend to not care. Yeah, I lose it. It's like, yeah, that's what is this, right? Because again, they're 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 all so very fake. It just doesn't interest me, and especially at the end when they're just fighting a horde of weird robot uh, monsters, and it's all kind of blurry. Yeah, just like generic cannon fodder ones, because the bad guys just have a whole army for some reason. Yeah, doesn't do much for me. What else, Jack? Um, they show uh, there's the twin towers a lot. Sure that it's the they 90s. do. They really make sure we know it's the nineties. Yeah, they're like. It's, I know it's especially apparent when they when the smoke starts to come in, whatever from Unicron, and they're like, "Here's New York and Twin Towers." It's like, all right, I get it. It's nineteen ninety four. Yeah. Um, the other human lead is Elena. Elena. Yeah, I think it's. Let's see. 
And she's an archaeologist or entom no, not an entomologist. I guess she's an archaeologist, right? Yeah, some sort of it. Yeah. Uh she's cool, I guess. I mean again, it's like a her her setup is pretty generic of like no one takes her seriously, but she's the smartest one, but she can't catch a break kind of thing. Yeah. More kind of thing, but that's fine. Um she's cool. I feel like she's a slightly less active participant, but then she's like the smart one, I guess. Like, so she's got the brains and helps them figure out. So she's useful in that sense for sure, I guess. Now that I think about it, she's got That's the code. Cool. They're like, "Yeah, we lost our garage code." She's like, "No, I got it from the statue." She's like, "Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, no, cool." She she is pretty active, I suppose. That's good. She um, I was gonna say, oh, I guess they have some kind of like they seem to have something of a relationship brewing, but it's not fully elaborated on in this one. Yeah. But if it if they do more of these, then I assume that that could be probably they'll probably get back to the next one to be like I haven't seen you since this and we broke up because of this reason because whatever <laughs> and an arc will happen. We got together and broke off off screen. Yeah, yeah, that that happens. That's, that sounds about right. Yeah, it sounds about right. They did that Jurassic World, so yeah, it's like the Jurassic World thing exactly. Um, so she does. She is cool, I guess. I think that she she gets credit for discovering that city. That would be a pretty big, yeah. It'd be like deal. crazy. You'd be like, yeah, would you insane. find this? That'd be like the archaeological find of like ever. Yeah, ever. <laughs> I don't know. It's like one of the most impressive things ever, probably. Everybody missed this. There's a bunch of weird symbols that don't make any sense. You'd be like, holy shit! <laughs> what the? It was here. How do we never find this? This is a whole city. This is insane. And it leads out like into the jungle. She, and she's just like, yeah, it was all me. I mean, I guess it was mostly her. She's the one who does it, but. She knew mm-hmm. her look because of things, but that's fine. Also, I like how like going to that city didn't really matter because the thing wasn't there. Uh, that's a really good point. It didn't matter in the slightest, did it? And they're like, oh yeah, that thing we put there, we just moved it. We were like, yeah, I probably don't leave it there. Again, if Airazor like, was in contact with our friends, they would have just been like, hey, we got it. Yeah. Again, a lot of it's like not that interesting. Plot no, wise. Like I said, I don't know why I don't I don't fully understand people say like, oh, the plot in this one's much improved, because I really don't feel that uh, very much at all. Yeah, it's just like things just kind of happen in sequence with each other. A, a big one, and then kind of storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is and very then. much, and then not a not a lot of like compelling because or therefore. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess that's about it. I don't know. Do you have much to say? So he, like I said, he does the art here. Uh, Optimus does like another fake death at the end. Mirage has a fake death. Everyone has a fake death. Um, I guess that's neat. Again, to be like, I'm gonna sacrifice myself for this. You guys, you did it. Although. It is pretty dumb that the ultimate conclusion is like the same thing that Anthony Ramos wanted to do like halfway through the movie. Yeah, just break it. If they just smashed it, they would have saved themselves a lot of trouble. Yeah, but then they wouldn't have brought Bumblebee back. I guess that's true. Very good I, point. I did like the needle drop of Dunk of uh, I don't call it a comeback. I don't know if that's the name of the song, but yeah. Oh, actually, I didn't mean to say that. Actually, we make fun of needle drops a bit on this show because a lot of movies have been overdoing them lately. But I actually did like the uh, music in this one. I gotta say, I think the the sort of like eighties nineties hip hop worked a little better for me than some stuff, just because it was it was appropriate for the era and stuff at least, right? Yeah. Um, because it's a movie that takes place in the nineties. Like in Euphoria, yeah. where uh, Rue listens to Tupac, <laughs> sure. as like a high schooler, or like the- Super Mario or whatever, right? Which just has a bunch of eighties songs because. Mm like for no discernible reason right at least this was like well it's it is the 90s and they're in around new york like works for me yeah 
I thought that was fine, actually. And yeah, the Bumblebee. I, I mean, that was a cool scene, at least, like phys- visibly, visually. Mm. Um, I thought it was neat, right? I'm dropping out. I mean, everyone likes Bumblebee, I guess. Yes. It's like the favorite. He's twice sticks around. Yeah, he's the guy. So that was cool. And making him just be like a badass. I guess that's what you get to do with him when he's not like the one of the main ones. You mm-hmm. get when you use him a little more sparingly, they get to be like, "Oh, it's Bumblebee, everyone's favorite. He's also a badass." Um, so that's neat. He's what is he in this one? He's like a. I assume he's still a Camaro because he's always been a Camaro. But he's like, he's like, he's like an off-road Camaro. I don't know. Yeah, he's got like a, a thing in the front and like a rack. Let's see. Bumblebee Rise of the Beasts car. He's a 77 Camaro, which is what he starts with in the in the first Transformers, actually, before he becomes a modern Camaro in that movie. But it's got like he's got like a uh, floodlights and stuff. Yeah, it's like some kind of off-road Camaro, I guess. Oh yeah, if such a thing even exists, uh, probably they not. They should make it a goddamn bug. You would have thought those cowards. Maybe they'll do it in the sequel. Transformers. I was alive at Rise of the Beasts. Who's ri- the beasts were already there? Who, why are they rising? Don't worry about it. That's just how they name these fucking movies, Jack. It's That's the most true. generic mo- naming conventions of, of you know Hollywood action movies. Everything's Rise of and Age of and Revenge of. of. The last. You get it. It's all just the most generic shit. He is, to be fair, I think he's a bug in, in Bumblebee, right? But Yes. I think not the whole time. I've never seen it, so I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe he is the whole time now that I think about it. I don't remember. But they should make him a bug, but cool. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm saying. Oh, for sure. Uh, so let's talk about the end, Jack. I think we've pretty much covered it. We've probably gone longer than we even need to, to be honest. Oh, yeah. The end that I I, I looked at um, your letterbox review before I went to see it. Oh, don't do that. Because if I didn't get it, I was like... Oh, you didn't okay. get it. All right. I was going to say... I thought about it. I, I like, actually thought about that. I was like, I bet Jack's going to read this. But then I'm like, I bet he's not going to understand what it means. I bet it's subtle enough. Because I was like, that's the thing. I was like... <laughs> Oh, is there like a? I thought there was like. Oh, is there like a part where they like say a line similar, or there's like a thing with knowing, or like a joke? I'm like, I'll get it when I see that movie. And then I saw, I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> All right. So, um, for anyone who doesn't know, the this movie ends with uh, they've saved the world as, and the Autobots are like, we're gonna live on Earth in harmony and all that. And I guess the what are they called? I Maximals. Jesus, the Maximals as well, and and they win. And Anthony Ramos goes back, and he's like trying to get a job again. And like we said, Elena has this big discovery and she's doing well. And he's, he goes for this interview and the guy's like, actually, though, this isn't a real job interview. We know who you are. We know you're hanging out with the Autobots. And he's like, what? No, I'm not. I would never. What are you talking about? And he's like, we know you're hanging out with the Autobots. It's cool. We're big fans of yours. You you did a good job. You saved the world. Uh, also, your your brother's, uh, what does he have, sickle cell? Yeah. Your brother's sickle cell treatment is going to be paid for forever. You did it. Woo. Um, we're big. We we, sh- we want to work together. You and the robots and everyone going to work with us. And he's like, "What are you?" And he's like, "We're part of a." What do you say? It's the most generic sounding shit ever. He's like, "We're part of a of a Terrestri- top secret government agency government off agency the books, strictly off the books." I'm like, oh my god. Okay, we get it. And he hands him a card, right? And he's like, and the whole time Anthony Ramos is like, "No, I don't know what you're talking about." But he's like, "Listen, when you come around, you you give me a call. We could use you guys like you." And then he like opens a secret door. And there's this big underground facility with a bunch of vehicles and things, seemingly. Mm-hmm. And then Anthony Ramos reads the card on the back, and it says "GI Joe," <laughs> which is what the fuck. So the guy, the guy, is GI Joe? GI Joe. Um. So this has been rumored, I think, for a good while. I'll, I'll give it a Google real quick. 
Um, it's going to be hard to find, I guess, because everyone's going to be talking about how it's happened now. But I definitely heard this rumor a while back from somewhere, probably another podcast or something, that they were going to cross them over. Um, and they did. I mean, it sounds dumb at first, right? Right. But the more you think about it, does it seem so bad? It's not terrible. It's just kind of out of the field. Like, it's just shocking. Because G.I. Joe is kind of a dead film property at the moment. Um, they're both Hasbro properties, right? Oh, yeah. And, like, I honestly was thinking in this movie, I was like, I actually wouldn't mind there if there was more humans doing stuff, right? And oh, if yeah. you think back to the Bay movies, that's actually an essential component to them is that all three of those first ones at least have a group of army dudes who are just there <laughs> doing army stuff the whole time, right? Oh, yeah, like all th- Do you remember this? Oh, uh, yeah, I remember some of it. It's like Tyrese and that other guy whose name I don't know. And every movie, they just show up and are, like, shooting, you know? They just all have guns, and they're, like, doing their best to help out. And, like, that's basically... They're basically G.I. Joe in those anyways. Yeah, so might as well throw fucking snake eyes in there, and... That's the thing, right? Like, the more I thought about it, I was like, I don't know, I think this would be kind of fun. The question is if they're also going to add in Cobra, right? As, like, an antagonist to G.I. Joe, because I feel like the G.I. Joe guys still need humans to fight, because if they show up with the Transformers to fight other Transformers... I feel like their impact's going to be relatively minimal, but it's all about how you use them, I guess. I mean, it's a movie. You can write whatever you need, but... Yeah, right. Do whatever the part requires. I don't know. I think it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it'll make them at least more interesting. Like, Anthony Ramos doesn't really do much throughout this. They give him, like, a little, like, hand cannon thing that he uses to a certain effect. But before he gets the, the exosuit, the humans are mostly passengers in these movies um again they're like more central to the plot and like the connection to the audience but in terms of like the action they're not as active because they're just little people fighting massive big robots but i think this yeah so i think this could be fun if you if yeah you throw on snake eyes and shit i don't know you have them fight storm shadow and also megatron and yeah have the gi joe ride around in transformers it seems like fun yeah that might as well happen who cares really just smash the toys together I mean, that's what these movies are anyways, right? Like, it's not like they were ever serious or anything other than the most, you know, kind of shocky, like, action stuff you've ever seen. So you may as well do it, right? I mean, yeah, It'd be a waste not to, even. This is a rumor from May, but that's barely new, is it? No. I swear I saw it, like, like while, while back. This is February of 22. That's a pretty long time ago. That's a pretty long time ago. So, yeah, I I thought this this was happening. We knew this was going to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's just kind of fun. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, for uh, sure. People at my theater were like, what the fuck? <laughs> Someone literally said that. It's like, yeah, it's it's a nothing thing. Like, you know, you can argue that like there's, yeah, the, the current state of movies and, and like the way references and all this kind of stuff works nowadays is pretty wild. Because um, in a vacuum, that's nothing, right? Yeah. The fact I mean, that they just did, they're just like, and G.I. Joe. Because that's nothing within the context of this movie, right? It's it's again, it's like a lot of the stuff that happens now, which is that only exists in a meta context where you have to know things yeah, coming into it. A wide breadth of knowledge for pop culture, but whatever. Yeah, it's just like, what are you gonna do? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of into it. I wonder when the next one will be. Honestly, yeah, I'm vaguely interested just to see where it would go, but I don't. I wouldn't say I'm excited to see it. The problem is there's only so many G.I. Joe characters that are iconic in and of themselves, and it is mostly just like just snake eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's G.I. Joe fans who will disagree, 
But in general, they're all just kind of army guys, right? Especially when you, if you were to adapt them into a movie like this, they're going to mostly just have the look of like soldier guys, right? Yeah. And I mean, because like that's what the other, the, the existing movies are, right? Like you get like Channing Tatum or you get The Rock or whoever, but then you just dress them like a, a soldier and give them a gun, right? They don't have like super shiny or like very green outfits or yeah like super distinguishing gimmicks or anything like the toys right where it's like mm-hmm. this guy's got skis this guy does the bombs yeah this one's the explosives guy i mean maybe they do i haven't seen those movies to be fair but i just wonder how they're gonna do that because yeah like again if you if you don't do it interestingly enough it could very much just come across again like the guys from the old transformers movies which is just yeah there's soldiers who are also here <laughs> And I don't think there's anyone from the existing movies that they've done who is iconic enough to bring back, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I think The Rock and Channing Tatum are both from those movies, although I think Channing Tatum is dead. But who cares? You would bring him back if you want. Also, different yeah, timelines. going to notice? But I just don't know if you bring back Channing Tatum if that means anything to anyone, right? Is there anyone who's like, ah, yes, they've brought back my favorite character from the G.I. Joe film? <laughs> yeah, oh, I, they're, they're really going crazy in the theater for it. Yeah, so... But still, I don't know. I think it's... Again, you may as well lean into the the dumbness of it all, right? I mean, what the mm-hmm. hell? For sure. Otherwise, what are they doing, right? Yeah, what's even the point? And I've seen a lot of people say stuff to that effect this week of like, it's just dumb fighting robots. And that's fine, man. More power to you. But also, if you're not really into dumb fighting robots, I don't think this thing, this movie has much else to offer you. And that's kind of the problem. Yeah. Like I saw, I actually saw the thing that went, I don't know, it, I don't know if it went viral, but it ended up in my feed where a guy was like reacting to the critic review, which is, I'll, I'll go bring it up right now. But at the time it was like, it had dropped right around 50%, uh, percent, which is not really positive, right? And yeah. it was like, oh, come on, critics don't know what good movies are, which is that, it's that meme, right? I mean. Yeah, they don't like my thing, so they're bad. Which is if you agree with, it's that whole uh, breakdown of all the letterbox or the uh, Rotten Tomatoes things. Which is like, when you agree with the movie, it's because you're right and they're right. Whatever. Which I'm sure we do the same uh, sort of mental gymnastics to just fire own takes. It's out of well, 50. We do. Which is like, if you like the movie and the critics like it, that means the critics are right and they're knowledgeable and the normal people don't know anything. And if the critics are wrong, but the audience agrees, you're like, well, what do the critics even know? The audience is all that matters. But if if... <laughs> If both scores are good, that means that ah, see, it's a great movie. I knew it. Like you just you can do whatever you need yeah, to you do. You pick and choose which which suits your narrative best. But again, this guy was like a Transformers like account. Like his profile picture and name were all Transformers based. And someone was like, "Well, maybe you're not really the most objective <laughs> guy when it comes to this." And he's like, "So what if I'm not? Guy's not allowed to love Transformers." And it's like, "No, no, no. You're you're allowed, but yeah, like, but you just gotta acknowledge that you you're you're have certain uh, opinions that are probably gonna come out." It felt like he was just, he had some conflicting principles because he was like, I like, he, he, he was saying like, oh, I love Transformers and I hold it to the highest standards. But but then he also mentioned in the same thread, he was like, well, I know that the Michael Bay movies are bad, but I still love them. And it's like, well, then it sounds like you're not objective at all or like you're not yeah. like you, you have different standards because you love a thing, even if it's bad. And that could very well be what happens with this movie. That's what I wanted to say. Oh, yeah. I want to be like, dude. It's very possible the critics are right, and this movie's not very good. But you also can still like it. Like, yeah, no, it's you can't. Just stop. But I mean, let's let's be honest. It's not like this was going to be anything else. Yeah. I guess people were because Bumblebee is so much more, um, like f- favorably looked upon than any of the other ones. Like, it seemed like a real kind of like, ooh, maybe there's something here. And 
So to see this one kind of just be a step backwards again, to just be like, oh, this is just about the same as the rest, is a bit disappointing because Bumblebee was actually like much quality. Yeah, much higher quality and better received by a lot of people. But whatever. It is what it is, I think. Yeah. What'd you put on your letterbox, Jack? Uh, I gave it a five out of ten. And I five out of ten. Two, like two and a half stars? Yeah. Oh, my bad. You choose the stars, Jack. Well, Killing me. I also gave it two and a half stars because I just found it completely average. And like, again, yeah. not offensive, but... Nothing memorable. Yeah. Can't say I really liked it much either. Yeah, me neither. We're ready to move on. I think we're more than ready. Oh, perfect. Let's take out of that in two. Let's do Always Sunny. Season 16, episodes one and two. Episode one, The Gang Inflates. And episode two, Frank shoots everybody in the bar. Or shoots the whole gang? I think shoots everyone in the the whole gang. Yeah. Something like that. What do you think, Jack? Season, returns for season 16. Um, I don't know, man. I think, I think these were pretty good. Um, I thought they were all right. I don't think it's a very... I, I didn't think it was a very strong start to the season. No? No. I, guess, I, I mean, right off the bat, like, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. This remains one of the few shows that actually gets me to fucking, like, laugh out loud. Um... I don't know. I enjoyed it. So the gang inflates first off. It's like I feel like it's a, this is a very classic premise for a sunny episode, which is they don't understand something. <laughs> no, at all. They don't understand the concept. You know, whether it's like this or the the gas crisis episodes and stuff, um, the trash ones. It's just like they don't understand the economy or the way society functions, um, and they're very easy to take in in that way. I thought that was fun. Yeah, I thought I liked. Um... In the beginning, when they're like, "Yeah, we just play the interest on our couch every week," and Frank's like, "You paid twenty thousand dollars for a couch that you never owned, that you never even owned." He's like, "Oh well, um, yes." I, I did like um the feeling of Charlie being really smart. Yes, I. Um, so I liked the well, I liked the stuff in their 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 apartment first of all. That was getting lots of reactions from me. I gotta say, I was laughing a number of times at that. The, this whole idea that like. And it's it's clearly a bit like retconny, right? But maybe not. I don't yeah. I can't even tell. It might even be the same set. Who knows? But just thinking that they had a bathroom and also an additional bedroom the whole time. Yeah. And who knows what's behind the other doors? <laughs> they've not been living in a in a bizarre like single room apartment this whole time. <laughs> that was just weird. Yeah, I do like the bit of him like like uh, not wanting to walk very far. He's like, oh, what do you, I need yeah, a butler. Yeah. Like they keep <laughs> he keeps exaggerating how far it is. He's like, he's not going to be able to hear you. It's like, oh, I gotta. Which is, he's like, oh, we're wearing out the soles of our shoes as I was walking. I thought there were some good jokes in there. Um, uh, I'd like how, so it's it's called The Gang Inflates, and it's, again, it's all about inflation and stuff. And then it literally, like, gets to the point where they just get into inflatable furniture. It's like a business. Yes. It's, that's the type of thing they would do, right? Just take it all literally. Flip it around. It's like, I guess literally inflation? That's how we do this? So we do. We sell. We like do what we did with couches. We rent out inflatable furniture. And Mac, Charles is talking about nuts. And Mac's like, "Why well, I gotta eat these nuts?" <laughs> they say "nut" as like I don't know. I guess just money is like a, is like slang for other money. Like you gotta you gotta save your nut. Um, and yeah, Mac takes it literally and just gets a, <laughs> a big thing of value nuts <laughs> from Costco and just eating them. And he's very allergic. I thought that was done pretty well. I like I liked how like he got more grotesque. Yeah, like, the, pro- the, the production across the episode. I thought that was very funny. Just re- just re- uh, Dennis repeated being like, "He's gonna die." I think. I, I think he's gonna die. He's yeah, dying. I think he, I think he's not long for this world. Like the very end when he's just his face is swollen to an, un- <laughs> an unbelievable size, and he's like, "They can't understand him." She's like, "Do you want to go to the hospital or Costco?" And he's like, "That one, that one, Costco." <laughs> <laughs> I want to eat more nuts at Costco. 
Dennis is like, hey, but we're just gonna we're gonna take you to the hospital, and um, you can die there. <laughs> yeah, you can't wear nuts and just die there, but away from us. I don't know, man. I had a good time with this. I guess it just seemed like I don't know. It's like a lot of things change all of a sudden, and then at the end, Charlie's like, all right, put us back to the status quo, Frank. It's like that's just a, that's a show a lot, though, don't you think? I guess that's the show a lot, but I guess he was just so like he said just he said status quo, and I was like, oh well, you got to say that. You don't gotta like, and we're going back. We're like all this new stuff, and now it's gone immediately. Maybe, it's maybe a bit on the nose. A little more tactful, I think. Fair like, enough. I so I don't think like they really like developed these this economy idea as well as they've done it in the past, like with the um, recession one where they like do the Dave and Buster's Patty's Bucks thing. Yeah, like I feel like this was a bit of a poor man's version, or even the gas kind of, one. The gas one is very funny. Yeah, the gas one's funny too. But I I feel like there wasn't enough. In this episode where they're building it out, and I feel like D didn't have that much to do. That's true. I did like her gluing her hand, her hand to the wall. That was funny. Yeah, I liked that. I thought that was good, honestly. That she just keeps going over looking for a place to live, and then the eventual twist that Frank has owned her apartment this whole time. He's the one who priced her out. <laughs> he priced her out. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a good twist on it. Um, but yeah, she just keeps gluing her wall, her hand to everyone's walls. As if that's gonna do anything. I don't know. I thought that was kind of fun. What was I gonna say? But I feel like I had something. I don't know. I guess the thing about the... You said, like, it's not as fleshed out. I feel like it's kind of made up. Like, they're just kind of like... Again, they have such a poor handle on, like, an understanding of inflation that it's mostly just Frank taking advantage of them. Right, yeah. Right? And then not listening to Charlie, even though he has all the answers this time. Yeah, so that was good. I I also agree. That was a good running gag. Because the whole time, he's like, come on, why won't anyone listen to me, right? And I was on Charlie's side. I'm like, come on, guys, give him a chance. And of course, we, you shouldn't have been, right? Like, yeah. Because I thought I thought he really had something. I really thought he did too. And I was like, oh, he's just about online money. I'm like, I bet the twist here is going to be that Charlie actually knew what he was talking about with like crypto or something, and it managed to time things well and and really worked. And and I guess in a sense he does, but <laughs> it's not crypto or anything. It's it's uh, Ninja Turtle Ninja Turtle pies, cream pies. It's like what. <laughs> <laughs> that only it only works because they have value to Frank because he's also a bizarre like monster man animal of a man who's just like I want those and he's and he gives up <laughs> he trades everything he earned this episode for that so mm-hmm. I think it, I think that's good I do that I, I thought I like I didn't hate the episode but I felt like they've done stuff like this in the past like I've said better so I think I was just thinking of that um, and I would have liked like Charlie's like them to like play on Charlie's apartment more. Like maybe not keep like the whole room, but like the bathroom or seems behind the other doors, like make that a running through line. Uh huh. Even eventually they like, you know, even, even at the end of the season, they're like, and it's sealed up. We don't worry about it anymore. Or we'll overuse it. If we need it, it won't be consistent. That's fine. But I felt like there's room to play with that idea of like Charlie having a bigger apartment than we realize. And they immediately like get rid of it. Uh-huh. So I feel like that was kind of, Maybe a wasted opportunity that could have could have just like left it left it like on the table and like not talked about it until they needed to talk about it kind of yeah. thing. Like ask no questions, tell no lies kind of thing. But sure. we'll see. I hear you. I feel like yeah. I mean, I yeah. They, because he's so literally just like we're gonna write this off. We're gonna close it all up and never talk about it again. I feel like probably not, but mm-hmm. they could always use it again if they want to. Yeah, they play kind of fast and lose their own continuity if they want to. Yeah, oh, oh very much so. Uh, which they definitely get into this next episode, right? I do think this episode was stronger. Um, so this like, is uh, Frank shoots every Frank. member of the gang. So this one opens with uh, they're at dinner trying to convince uh, 
Dennis and D have taken him out to dinner and trying to convince him to get them back in the will, basically. Yeah. And he tries and, to open like an anchovies can with his gun, which was a very funny visual as he's like trying to break it open. It's a uh, oh, it's a, yeah, it's a very transparent attempt by them to be like this one again, which is weird because like it's been such a you know established part of it for like years and years now that they're not related really on any level or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and the the whole like father children dynamic has fallen apart, but even still, they're like trying to get it on there, which because they're just awful people. I mean, you gotta gotta respect the hustle, I guess. Hey, yeah, got on that grind. But then he's like, I'm never going to die. What do you even want my money for anyways? And then, so he's, he's like, all right, we're, we're leaving. This is a, this is a foolish effort. effort. And then he accidentally shoots them. He clips them both with a single bullet because he's just wild with his, with his he hand. He bangs the gun on the table like in a movie and that triggers it. So then their subplot, this whole episode is they, they give him a good day. <laughs> like a like a dog before you put him down is the is the logic there. So they take him around to just have a bunch of fun so that they can let him down <laughs> easy and take his gun from him. <laughs> take take his gun from him so that he doesn't fucking shoot anyone anymore. Yeah, they do I do like the funny they're like, let's just rush him. Like, no, we can't. He'll take he'll shoot his gun is done like Scarface. We can't <laughs> spook him. Can't just run at him like that. I like that. I like uh they take him they get him a bunch of cheeseburgers and he just eats like a animal. He's at the bridge. bridge. Ketchup. They take him under the bridge. That classic he's, spot. He's peeing on fire hydrants like a dog. <laughs> they put the dog thing up a bit. Yeah, he become he's becoming more and more dog like with each passing moment. <laughs> so then, I, the Mac and Charlie subplot, right? There's is about like legacy, like because well, so the same thing, and that they're like talking about inheritance, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're like, and uh, Charlie's like, well, I'm gonna get inheritance. I'm gonna get uh, a jar of teeth when my mom dies. <laughs> Like when I turn forty, I get it. Oh yeah, that's it. That's it. not even when he's when he turns forty, which is such an insane thing, right? Yeah. So they're like, like, we're gonna go to our our mom's house where our moms live together, <laughs> and get this jar of teeth. And then it's revealed his mom doesn't have it. And I thought for sure the the reveal would be like that it doesn't exist, of course, because what an insane thing, right? Yeah, but I think it's more insane that it did exist. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like a I think it's a it's like a double misdirect there. To get you to think, like, of course, something like that doesn't exist. But then the twist isn't that his mom's trying to, like, rip out her own teeth to put in a jar because it didn't exist. She's ripping out her own teeth to put in a jar because it did exist, but she already gave it away. (laughs) To Charlie's sisters? Which, this is a big retcon, I feel, to just add in there, right? But Apparently, I've seen stuff that in season one, he references that he has a sister. But they are. That's what I've seen, like, in comments and stuff around the internet. Because they mention in... The podcast before the, I think even before the trailer dropped, they were like, "Oh yeah, in this season, season sixteen, a character will appear that hasn't appeared since, like, or mentioned since season one." And people are like, "Oh, it's probably Charlie's sister's sister because they he references he has one at some point in season one. I don't remember when. I didn't go back and watch them all to, to like, catch it, but apparently it's like an offhand comment that like they're just making good on. But it's it's singular, I believe, and not plural." Okay, but I guess at that point, what's the difference? Yeah, I feel like they kind of waste this one, too. I'm going to be honest. We'll get to it, but... Well, this I one... think this is certainly one where the sisters could come back at any point. That's true, yeah. Now that we've established them. Um, but before that, they stop off. I thought this was even fire. So, Max, Max gets obsessed with his own idea of, like, well, what's my family heirloom, right? And so his mom's like, we have nothing. Because <laughs> his mom's all miserable and mean and stuff. Yeah. Um, but he finally comes up with something. He's like, oh... The uh, the letters, the letters that my dad got Wrote from, from his, his grandpa. World War Two, which the timeline on that seems a little iffy to me, but that's fine. 
So he's like, he wants these letters that his yeah his grandfather sent home during the war. Okay. Um, and then she reveals that his his uncle, who's Donald McDonald, <laughs> has them. So they stop off to visit him on the way. Um, I thought this was that was very funny. I thought yeah, I thought this part was good. I liked this because one of Max's defining character traits is his daddy issues, um, where his father never really loved him, and he's he's very uh, like hung up on that, right? The idea of like mm-hmm. wanting a relationship with his dad, and so I think it's yeah, it's very funny that this uncle character who looks a lot like his dad. I wonder what the I thought it was the actor for a second. I'm like no, it it I don't think it is. Is it? I don't I don't know if it is. Let's see, I'll, I'll do do some looking, but um. Regardless, I mean, maybe if it is just the guy, then he's doing a good job of playing a different variation on that character, to be sure. Yeah. But I thought this was super fun because, again, he's got all these daddy issues. And this, his uncle here is clearly like, he also is like, man, I wish I had kids and stuff, and is trying to create like a meaningful connection with Mac here. And Mac just has no time for it for some reason. He just doesn't want to be around. Tries like, dude, this is everything you ever wanted. What are you doing? I think, I think this was, that was a good dynamic. I thought that was funny. He's like, this, look at him. This is everything you ever wanted. What do you mean? He's like, and Max just like, get a load of this guy, am I right? Who, who is this guy? <laughs> a football around? No, I think that's for jocks. It's not really for me. That's all you've ever talked about ever. You talk about it all the time. You love, you want, you've only ever wanted to throw a ball around with your dad. <laughs> He's like, nah, nah. No, it's not it. So he is Luther. Oh, it is just the same guy? Yeah. Oh, he's doing a good job. Yeah, he, I guess he doesn't have like all the tattoos and the facial hair. He's just like a regular guy. Oh, that's a good point. I guess the facial hair would be a big, big deal. Don't you mention it here? Oh, no, yeah, it is. Okay, cool. Um, so though he does a good job of being like nice, <laughs> like because I mean Luther's such a like character of a guy. He's just so gruff and angry and everything that I guess it's if you just act like a normal guy, the differences are astounding. Yeah, yeah, the difference is really stark. So they do a good job with that. Then that makes it even funnier. I guess that's literally his dad there, and he's just like, nah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. He's like, oh, we could read. We could do whatever you want, Mac. You know, we should just hang out. And he's like, nah, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I think we should go. And Kara's like, I hate this. I'm going to leave. Um, And then, yeah, that's when they get to the sisters. What did you think of the sisters? I didn't really like this scene, I'll be honest. It just felt like a lot of, yeah, like a lot of yelling. And then the scene ends. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like it was a lot of like, if we yell, it'll be funny. Like loud is funny kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I didn't, I didn't love it. Oh shit! What? They're in season one. This says really. It's always sending in Philadelphia season sixteen episode two. Finally brought back Bunny and Candy Kelly with their first appearance being in season one. Charlie's sisters debuted, and it's always sending in Philadelphia season one episode seven. Charlie got molested in the episode. Dean Dennis staged an intervention for Charlie with his family showing up to support him. At the intervention, two young twin girls can be seen, with Charlie mentioning that they were his sisters later in the episode. Even if their role was small, it is remembered as the only time they appeared in the series until season sixteen. Oh shit! Bunny and Candy finally return, which I mean, be, given that it's been fifteen years, because they're like, I'm looking at the picture here, they're like children. It obviously makes sense they're like fully adults now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's very interesting. Oh yeah, there you go. Huh? Good for them. Oh, and they're actual uh, twins as well, or sisters at least. The sister sisters, Olivia Cohen and Isabella Cohen. I thought they did a pretty good job. Like I said, they're definitely just yelling. I mean, it's a different kind of. I guess it's not that different than the way a lot of the characters act a lot of the time. I guess that's their only gimmick, right? Yeah. Um, I guess in you know a lot of the characters in Sunny like resort to a lot of the comedy comes back to like just yelling at each other. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but some of them have like other traits. Like I feel like this was just like Charlie yelling at his sisters and then them yelling at him and then yelling at Mac. 
yelling at their mom. I did like the. I think it's funny that they're like coordinated. Yes, they're like in sync or whatever. That's always a good bit. I feel like. Yeah. Um, and they're just like they just call their mom a slut. <laughs> they call them is, like a fag. Like they're just <laughs> relentless. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're just dropping. They're like really going all out. Max like whoa. That's like whoa. <laughs> Which is good. Um, and yeah, that that turns out the jar of teeth is real, and they do have it, and they just won't share it. And they just they just like put their hands in it for OnlyFans while they take their shirts off <laughs> for OnlyFans ASMR purposes. Which I mean, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Max, uh, Charlie's sisters. Oh, and, and then uh, the episode ends, which I felt was a bit oh, of a the what what letters. I was gonna say the letters. Oh, right, the letters. You're right. Right. His <laughs> Max mom wipes with the letters in their bathroom and flushes them. So. His heirloom is also gone. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it, nothing now. So yeah, I don't know that 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 whole like the the Mac and Charlie plot is a little bit like leads nowhere eventually. Ultimately, right? Which yeah. I guess is not super uncommon for Sunny, but I don't. know. Yeah, it still was a little bit unsatisfying. I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there could be a little bit more. Uh, Mac, oh, Dennis, and D's. I like their plot line. Theirs end pretty satisfying. Where they take Frank to the beach and he just shoots his gun at the water and he's like, "Oh, I get it, guys." Okay, you know what? You did a nice thing for me. You're back in the will. Just uh, you can have this gun, and you know, get over quick. And he turns away from them. He's like, "Just let me look out in the ocean." And like, what? He's like, "You know what? Actually, I'll run in the ocean, and you can just do your thing. And if you hit me in the leg or something, just put me out of my misery. Like, I don't want to suffer. You can like, I don't want to like, I don't get naked, so I don't poop myself. And if I do, just bury my poop or or hide it and uh, leave me for the sharks or something." And they're like, "What is a catch? He wants me to shoot him in the head on the beach. <laughs> just kill him in broad daylight." <laughs> Like no, we just want your gun. He's like, my gun? No, give it back. Actually, you're out of the will. Very insane moment from Frank. I mean, it's oh crazy. yeah, it was like crazy, on brand, of course. But yeah, what a ridiculous thing. <laughs> He's like, you know, just throw me in the ocean for the sharks to eat, or, or just leave me, <laughs> leave me all gruesome for the kitties to see. <laughs> and then I like the way it pans were because yeah, Dennis is like frank we're, we're in po- there's other people here and then it just pans and like yeah there's a bunch of like people just hanging out on the beach not that far away <laughs> yeah they're like i'm surprised didn't freaking out from the guns you're firing at the ocean i thought that was all pretty good yeah uh, <laughs> i don't know it's very weird that frank was like yeah expecting them to put him down just kill him and that he was okay with that but then when they're just like no we just don't we just want to take your gun with you from you man and he's like no no i'll, I'll die with this gun <laughs> then they're like all right we're leaving fuck you and he's like He's like, ah, take me back to Philadelphia. And they're like, no, get an Uber. And he just pulls, he holds the gun on him. He's like, take me back. <laughs> that was good. And then we end with, you know, them, Mac and Charlie all sad because uh, their plan didn't work. And Charlie's starting a new jar where he's just filling a vase with his teeth. And Mac's like, you got to stop doing that. I do like the bit that they have, this is a returning bit from Mac and Charlie Die where his teeth are very loose and you can just take yeah. them out. He's like, kind of pl- pluck them out. Yep. Um, which is good. And he's like, man, you can add your teeth. Kind of, kind of like in a. Kind of, it was kind of wholesome. He's like, oh, you can be part of my legacy. Like, I think you're part of my life. And Mac's like, I'm not giving you my teeth, man. That's weird. I'm not gonna rip my teeth out of my face. Um, and then Frank is just shooting the door open. He's shooting his gun. He blows up the tooth jar. Like, I'm back. It's going great. And then he fires his gun a final time, and it like ricochets and like hits Mac. Ricochets, hits Charlie, and then hits him. And then the episode ends with Dennis being like great frank now you've shot officially shot everyone in the bar and then the episode ends and i was like that's why the episode's called that 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 kind of felt like a, a swing and a miss for me that like I so. yeah i didn't think this was a classic like the title it was a good title joke episode i think right yeah 
I did like the like the lead in for it. It was always it was solid. Yeah, that's always good. Because what does he say? He's like uh, something, something. I'm never. I'm not gonna hit. And no one's like, gonna. No, get, no one's gonna get hurt. And then she's yeah, everybody. Yeah. Frank shoots everyone in the gang. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought it's just a little. It felt a little disjointed. I I won't lie. Yeah, because it, it felt like I like I've like from the title, I would have thought that Frank would have like Dean and Dennis would have dished Frank, and either he would have teamed up with Mac and Charlie, and then each of them would have been shot throughout the episode, ending with Frank shooting himself. So then he mm-hmm. shoots everybody in the bar, or like some combination of that, or like something happens where like they keep getting shot by Mac accidentally because he's so like neurotic and paranoid that Dean. Dennis are gonna out to get him, like something along those lines. But like, I feel like they just split everybody up, and then like, all right, we brought them back together. Let's just do the title, I guess. It's like I feel like it was just just to get the title in, like just to have that sting at the start, and then just like, eh, all right, we'll do it at the end, and then Dennis will say it, and then we'll really end the episode. It's like eh, I feel like there's a little more tact to that. Yeah, I I don't know if I would totally disagree. Uh-huh. Um, but in general, I think it's fine. I mean. When we talked about last season, right? We talked about the idea that, like, you know, in general, a lot of people are pretty harsh on those later seasons. In later seasons, I mean, especially because it's been running for so long right now, a lot of people think of the heyday of the show being like a decade or more gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I don't know, man. This still got me to laugh out loud, and, and so much of it might just be my investment in this show and these characters, right? But I still think there's good stuff here. I think the characters themselves are still good, and like, they're still fun to be had here. I don't know if I mean these weren't my favorite episodes probably of the whole show or anything, but mm-hmm. like I said, and I, it still got me to laugh out loud, which is a rare enough thing nowadays. Yeah, I think I think for like another show, this would have been solid episodes. But I think yeah, like because of Sunny and we're investing in it, and I've like listened to the podcast, like I'm I'm like kind of in the weeds of it. Mm-hmm. I, like expect like more, and I kind of know where it's all coming from. I kind of I'm knowing how the sausage is made through like the podcast and stuff and like behind the scenes stuff. Um, but I definitely think, based on the trailer, like there's like a bowling episode that I think looks pretty good because it's got a bunch of like yeah. returning characters. There's one with like Brian Cranston and oh yeah, Paul. so like that one probably like a guest star ones usually can be pretty good to shake up the dynamics. So I think there's like probably going to be better stuff coming in the next six episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and there were good things like the characters were consistent. Like I like the character stuff. It just like the the things that they were doing could have I feel could have been done a little better. Um. So the first six episodes I'm looking at it right here have we know who they're written by and or titles and written by. Um, seven is Dennis takes a mental health day and eight is the gang goes bowling. Uh, we don't know who wrote or directed those ones, but of the first six, the only one that the the main guys had a hand in, at least credited for writing, is six or sorry five. Celebrity Boo is the ultimate cash grab, which I think is the one with Aaron Paul and yeah Brian Cranston. And um, that one's obviously pretty good because. Wait, have any of them done a celebrity booze? Maybe not. But Ryan Reynolds has, and Ryan Reynolds and um, what's his name, uh, Rob Rob McElhenney, are like they got their whole thing going on. So it's probably oh. spoof on that and stuff. Oh, for sure. The celebrity booze stuff is pretty funny. But um, so yeah, I don't know. I was looking. I was like, is that uncommon? But I was looking, and in, in the last handful of seasons, they haven't been as active writing on. Mm-hmm. I guess. So I don't know if they're just more busy or what. But it seems like. But I mean, to be fair, a lot of these these writers are long time writers. Like, have been doing it for a long, long time. Yeah, as Mar- well. like the Roselle and Margot and Roselle, they write a ton of the episodes, even classic ones. They're like credited as writing. Yeah. So uh, maybe that's just a perception thing. So, and I assume it's. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't know how it works, but I would assume they're still around. 
Like, is it a yeah. writer's room? And yeah, they're in the room still. Like, they, like, I know they, like, read and, like, edit the scripts. I would imagine. So, yeah. I think it's probably just a certain level of, like, in- involvement where d- different guys get different credits. But um, it's undeniable they're still involved again. Mm, yeah. So, I think that's fine. Now, I did know something in the intro. I don't know if it's always like that, but it, the intro went re- by really fast. And when it said developed by, it credited Rob and Glenn Harton and Rob McElhenney, which I uh-huh. I couldn't remember if it had always been the two of them who developed it. Um, I'm not going to be able to tell you off the top of my head. It's, it's something I noticed. I feel like they would have, but maybe not. Hmm. Something I noticed. Did you know Cricket's coming back, actually? And the McPoyles. Yeah, I knew I they're all McPoyles coming. McPoyles might also be the bowling episode, but... I think they, I know they're at least in the bowling episode, but I wouldn't be surprised if they bring them back in a different one. But yeah, I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's a comedy. It's certainly not like the involved kind of TV we normally watch, even compared to like the other two comedies we were just covering, right? Mm-hmm. It's always Sunny's more surface level, but yeah, it's got a special place in our hearts, right? So absolutely. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch it till it's done. So, till Danny DeVito literally dies. Probably. Yeah. Whichever one comes first. They give up, or they throw it in, or Danny DeVito dies. Or, I mean, if they go beyond Danny DeVito dying, I also will probably do that, but <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Um, so, ready to move on there? I think so. I was going to say one more thing. Oh, I mean, they're they're confirmed up through 18 as of right now, right? So, yes, they got two more at least. That wouldn't surprise me if that's where they actually do. Do you agree? I repeat that one. More. I didn't hear anything you just said. I was just saying, like, it wouldn't surprise me if that's where they really did, like, well and truly stop. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I have heard like um, there's some like Christmas live stream, some live stream that they did. Uh, they got a question like, "Do you have an end for the show?" And apparently, they all have discussed like the three of them, like a very like top secret this between them discussed where mm-hmm. how the show, how each of their characters would end. So they're like, I guess they have an idea of like where they want to go, and it's a comedy, so like they don't have to really set up that much. They just have to like, once they decide, they just have to start in the season yeah. and then finish it off at the end. Interesting. I got to say it to me, it's like the type of show where I almost would prefer not doing this, like a big, like grand finale like that. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, but I mean, I, I it's tough to talk about because like, you don't want to, I mean, but Danny DeVito is really getting old and like, he's going to die sooner or later. Yeah. And I think that's probably going to tie into it. Yeah. He, he doesn't die. Like he's can't, can't do all the stuff they're gonna force him to do forever yeah i mean he's really he's in his 70s now right so oh yeah so i don't know if that'll be a factor in the ultimate inclusion but like god i think sometimes with comedy shows like that i mean it's what they all do right mm. like friends and in parks and rec and shit is like everyone gets their whole life tied up in a neat little bow this show in particular the way these guys are is like i feel like i would prefer the, the approach of just like and then it kept going you know like and then they just kept doing sh- shenanigans, right? Because it's just weird that like we've seen them the way they've acted for twenty years out of their life, and then to have some massive change where it's like, and then everyone goes off and lives their own kind of lives. Like, that just doesn't feel like it to. And maybe they would be aware of that. I mean, I suppose we should trust them to understand these characters. Oh, yeah. But I feel like that's the, the thing I would prefer. You know what no, I mean? For sure. And Danny Vito is seventy-eight years old. So Jesus, he's almost two eighty. More season, he'll be wow. eighty by season eighteen. There's no way they're gonna. Yeah, be able to finish before he turns 80 at that rate. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's how I kind of feel about it. It's like, I wouldn't necessarily want it to be like, and then everyone kind of gets what they want or whatever. It it feels to me more like it should just be not that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll see. Oh, yeah, for sure. Again, we'll be around regardless. I'm here for the yeah. ride. They're already the longest running American sitcom. 
American or is it just live action show? Yeah, it's or live action. Show? I don't know. Sitcom. Oh uh, well, I guess it depends how you. Yeah, because fucking soap operas or whatever. Mm-hmm. They go on forever. But I bet even. I bet even like if there's somehow a way to distinguish live action, you know, shows that aren't sitcom or aren't soap operas. I feel like they probably got to be up there even then, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Like not not just comedies. Like how many shows go for this long? Not too many. I don't think so. And again, good on them. And they've won no. I wonder what the. Uh, what is the? What are what the ratings are? How they've been? Let's see. Real quick. Damn, the first episode had one point four two million viewers. That seems like a lot. Yeah, oh, this day and age. I mean, back in the day, that would have got you canceled. I feel like that back in the. Maybe it's because people watch TV more back in the day. Yeah, and yeah, there was like a couple channels. Because I know, like, I've heard that some people like like I think it was Andy Richter. He was on some podcast, and he said like. Yeah, like the ratings that are good today would have got you canceled, like in the nineties. Yeah, it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. So it looks like they're about right now. They're doing about the same as they've had for the past couple of seasons, but it's not stellar. This the first one was point three million, second one was point two one million. But that's again, that's about on target with last year and season fourteen as well. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. All right, All right. Uh, do you want to do one or two other things, or how are you feeling? Oh yeah, we can do one or two other things. Might as well. That's right. the way I could take into now. Um, did you want to do Spider Verse? Sure, we'll do Spider. You said you had some stuff for Spider Verse. I haven't seen I little things. things that I'll probably just push to next week. All right, so um, just like reaction stuff. First of all, it's been very positive. Right? Oh yeah, we loved it. Everyone else loves it. It's doing very well. It's about to crack three hundred mil, which is pretty good for um, just about one week. So oh yeah, for sure. It's also got the financial um, sort of momentum behind it. Stellar all around. Very, very happy to see. I mean, it's great, man. It really is. Oh, yeah. There was a couple specific little like fan discussions and discourses that I wanted to touch on. Okay. Why am I? First, first form is Ben Riley. A lot of people were are upset by the portrayal of Ben Riley, Jack. This is the classic thing of, you know, every comic character is someone's favorite. And so for this movie, they've latched onto Ben Riley and they've said they've ruined Ben Riley. How do you feel about that? I don't care about Ben Riley. So like, it's get over it, man. It's not he's not that cool. Oh come on, he's kind of cool. He's cool in a '90s kind of way, but the '90s are kind of cringe. No, yeah, he's not. That's the thing. That's the thing I couldn't believe is like, and this is what's so dumb is I kind of thought everyone hated Ben Riley because everyone hates the Clone Saga, but there's people who are like, well, no, we distinguish. We we hate the Clone Saga, but that's not Ben Riley's fault. And I'm like, he's not real. Yeah, he didn't. Like, what do you? Have- talking about it's not like he's an actor who was like well he was in a bad movie but it wasn't his fault you know it was this it's like no he's a fake thing he's just a fictional guy what does that have to do with it like yeah what do you what do you mean him and the clone saga are like so you know irreparably linked i don't know how you but that's fine i mean i just again i understand that if ben riley's your favorite character you might feel some kind of way that he's mostly a kind of like um comedic kind of role in this Mm -hmm. But also, I can't help but think that, like, if Ben Riley's your favorite character, you know, I mean, you're aware, right? Yeah, you like, know that people don't like him. You know, he's mostly just a goober. Like, yeah, right, right. Like, if you know Ben Riley, you you know that he's not, he isn't like, a, yeah, a, a, like an A tier kind of character that's gonna get a lot of like. It's just like, I guess my thing is just like, what did people expect out of this movie, right? Oh yeah. And there's another variations on this of like different Spider Verse people, and it's like. Come on, guys. You knew that, like, it was all going to be relatively limited, right? Mm-hmm. And this kind of spins into another 
thing, which which is another criticism people also have of of Ben Riley, which is X, you know, blank spider person wouldn't go along with it, right? So this is a thing that I've seen levied against almost everyone who appears that is of any note, yeah. right? So like Insomniac Spider Man, right? Spectacular Spider Man, Ben Riley, fucking all of them. It's like why are they on Miguel's team, right? Yeah. And while I understand that to a certain extent, because on some level Ben or not Ben, uh, Miguel's whole thing is kind of antithetical to like spider-man mm. it's again it's the type of thing where like this is the plot of the movie like they kind of have to be on his side you know and there's a number of things at play here first and foremost like he made the team right so why would ben or i don't know i keep on calling ben now but miguel why would miguel be recruiting anyone who wasn't on he knew was going to be on board right yeah he, he specifically doesn't recruit gwen because of her connection to miles he's like we can't recruit her you know why and, Exactly, and very specifically, obviously, doesn't want anything to do with Miles. So, yeah, why why is it so hard to believe that like he's picking people that he specifically wanted? And again, people being like, "Well, my spectacular Spider Man would never." I also think it's probably worth noting that like I don't think any of these people are the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because of infinite multiverse shenanigans, these aren't the real versions of themselves. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, they, and. Man, I know the extent they're going to. Like, they might not know everything. Like, the Ben Riley, I noticed. So I saw it again this weekend, and I noticed um, Ben Riley. They say is from Earth ninety four. So, like, that's not main Earth six one six Ben Riley that like you might know and love. It's a different timeline yeah. where Ben Riley stayed Spider Man the whole time. Right? He didn't die. Um, they actually stuck with like the the initial premise of the Clone Saga, which is um, Peter, Park. Peter Parker marries MJ and leaves. Right. And then Ben Riley gets to become the new Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how that ties into because he's wearing his Scarlet Spider uniform. He's not wearing his Spider-Man outfit. But again, I, I think it's fine. Like I don't know. Oh yeah, he's not. He's not your guy. Like it's not, not anything. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And the same with Spectacular Spider-Man. You can just easily say that yes, that looks like Spectacular Spider-Man, but he's a slightly different universe. So you don't have to. They're not ruining your favorite character. Yeah, and again, I mean, even within the movie, right? Like Gwen and Peter B. Parker, who are obviously much more meaningful and fleshed-out characters to this actual narrative, they also go along with Miguel in the beginning because, I mean, as we talked about last week, right? I think it's relatively reasonable. Yeah, because he's like, your universe will—it'll kill everybody. Again, I know that, like, on a like ideological level, it's like we shouldn't, you know, we don't trade lives, try to save everyone, kind of thing. I get that, but again, with the information that they have available to them, they're making the only logical decision it seems like they can oh, yeah. feel. So I can't be can't be too mad at him, really. Not at all. Just like, well, and it's hard. Like, he doesn't like it. Like, even Peter B. Parker, you know, he goes along with it. He's like, all right, we can, let's just talk. Like, Miguel and Miles, you guys can just talk it out. We can, like, figure it out. We all can understand each other. But he's still trying to, like, mend the gap, even, even up until the end when he switches sides. Yeah. And again, this is what you need to happen to have the plot happen. Like, this is, like, I don't know. I don't know what you put. Like, I get, and I understand that the counter to that would be, like, write it differently. But, I don't know. I think it's fine. Yeah, it's just kind of fine. And I guess this ties into another larger thing, which is, like, what do we think about Miguel telling the truth? Because there's a lot of people who have been just been like, oh, I think Miguel's lying. Or, like, he's hiding something. Or he's completely untrustworthy. And there's no kind of truth to it and it's all just a scam i i don't i didn't get that idea from it i think i think miguel is working with the information that he as he understands it like i definitely that's how there's gonna be a twist where like miles 
figure obviously figures out a way that it doesn't have right. to happen or some way that Miguel is wrong. Well, even we get that in this yeah. movie, right? I think that's what the the Gwen thing, when she returns to her dad and her dad quits, tells her he's going to quit. I think that's our evidence that things can be changed in like a non-destructive way, perhaps, right? Mm-hmm. They have to have it naturally, though. Right. You know, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a way that like, it isn't because she like s- grabbed him, right? Or whatever, like that they changed history as it happened in the moment. It's just like things unfolded naturally in a different course. Um, and I think that's that's very intentional. And like, that's probably some variation of like what might happen going forward. Mm-hmm. And that's clearly what brings Gwen all the way around, right? She's like, oh shit, we really can change it. But again, yeah, I think the idea that like he's acting with the knowledge that he has, I don't think, he, I don't agree with the idea that he's like hiding something or is being deceitful or anything or like he's somehow not a good guy. I think I don't the only think thing he's hiding is that he's like a vampire or something. But again, I think I was reading more about it. I think that's more just that's just one of his powers is that he has like venomous fang things. Oh. I guess I didn't even realize, um, but I paid t- special notice this time. I guess we should have done a little more research on Spider Man twenty ninety nine. But like apparently he doesn't use webs. Um, he doesn't. He's not sticky, which you notice I, actually if you pay attention. Um, he, apparently he just is climbing. Oh. Like he's got claws, kind I saw of. Like claws. He I just climbs better. He's not like sticking to stuff. He just climbs with like strength. Oh, he's built he's built like a fucking brick shit house he's built yeah and he's got those um like batman hooky things on his arms and he uses those a lot he's as got well the rope yeah and he's got like the yeah he doesn't have a web he has like a light rope thing so apparently that's just one of his powers that he has venomous things because like, he wasn't even bit by a spider maybe he's got a whole different kind of origin which is kind of like what i said last week which is like spider-man 2099 isn't really a spider-man yeah um like variant as much as he's just a different thing from the future but that's maybe that'll matter maybe that'll play into it miles would be like well you weren't bit by a spider so like what yeah maybe again because i kind of said there's like yeah they're they're not all created equal yeah. the same with like miles like i feel like they have to draw attention at some point to the idea that there is there must be a universe out there somewhere where miles and peter coexist well i mean we know there are but like it's just is this movie going to reference it kind of mm-hmm. thing okay. because we still don't really get the idea of like Okay. Oh, so here's the thing I want to talk about. In um, in the towards the beginning, when Spot is like, "I brought that spider in from a different dimension that bit you," right? Mm-hmm. We see that when the spider is like yanked out of its timeline, it's about to bite Miles in Earth forty two. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's, he's on screen. It's Miles with the braids. You wouldn't, I guess, you wouldn't know because it doesn't look like we think of Miles looking. But obviously, at the end, we see him with the braids and everything. So it's Miles. Oh, so okay. So he was supposed to be Spider Man. So he was supposed to be Spider-Man, which still makes me wonder if Earth-42 ever had a Peter Parker Spider-Man, or if Miles takes the place. Because again, like in the Ultimate Universe, Peter Parker was Spider-Man, and then Miles was Spider-Man. Which is kind of the origin that we get in into the Spider-Verse, but again, we, it's like different. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, but yeah, maybe that'll get touched on? I don't know. It's conf- and like, people have pointed out that clearly there's another flaw in Miguel's theory, which is that like, and we, we touched on this too, I think, that if Miles was never supposed to be Spider-Man, why is he still getting canon events? Like, yeah, there seems to be some amount of like th- things can correct. Yeah, things are like yeah. as long as he does the same thing, it is things are able to change. Yeah, like, also, why, why, why does the other Spider-Man in the first one not describe a bunch of canon events because they're all there doing stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, like, he doesn't do anything like that. 
so yeah, I mean, I think the whole point is there's supposed to be flaws. He's like supposed to be wrong because he's the villain of the movie. Yeah, he's not. And, but I think, yeah, to me, the difference is he's wrong in the sense that he's like, yeah, he's wrong in that Miles is going to find a way to to get everything basically. But I just don't think he's like evil or coming at it from a bad place or anything. Mm-hmm. Again, I I do believe that like yes, ideologically he's not super good because we'd like to think we could save everyone but I, I really do think with the way it's presented it's fair to like go along with it oh yeah i don't know i mean as the audience we're naturally going to want to question it because we want miles to be right because we don't want his dad to die but i also don't think it's crazy to think that the characters in the universe do agree with him it seems like pretty sound logic and especially even like because they're like all oh, they ruined i've seen people be like they ruined peter b parker in this one by having him go along with miguel's plan he was there when that universe imploded, right? Yeah, he, like that. We see him. You think that would leave an impression? Yeah, he watched like Miguel carry his daughter, and then that version disappear in his arms. Like that would really screw up, especially when he has a daughter. Mm-hmm. Like he'd be like, "Oh, well, I don't want that to happen to my family, so I'm going to work with this guy and do what he says." This is obviously a very real kind of yeah threat. So it's not like something that like could happen. That it's never happened. Like in Loki, this is like Miguel's like I saw his firsthand, so I created this team to never ha- let it happen again. Um, did you see the stuff about some of the references that are in Into the Spider-Verse that seemed to really tie in well? Uh, no, did I did not. One of the big ones was um, the 42 stuff again and like the spider being um, glitchy. glitchy. But there's also stuff where when Miles meets Peter Parker the first time, right? Do you remember this is moment where Peter Parker's like, you're like Yeah, me. the, the spider-sense spider thing. Park, right? And they're spider-sensing each other. When Miles is spider-sensing him, his spider-sense is green and purple like prowler colors oh and then as they're like meeting and he's like wait you're like me and they have that moment of like connection it changes to red and blue like spider-man colors which is kind of interesting because it seems to suggest that like maybe miles was going to be the prowler yeah i think i think it's an inherent part of his nature kind of thing almost yeah i I think that definitely is implied in the movie that like he's gonna he's, he's like rebelling against his dad and following his uncle aaron and he was going to kind of fall into that path. It makes a lot of sense, yeah. yeah. But I, I do remember, now that you say it, I do, I do remember it being different. Like him, the colors changing. Mm-hmm. I just think it was neat. Because then, yeah, it totally implies that, like, with with this movie now, that in Earth-42, he was going to be Spider-Man. And in Earth-1610, he was going to be Prowler. And now they've switched. And it's it's just kind of interesting. Yeah. Do you think he'll uh, he'll correct Earth-42 in the next one? Like, he'll, he'll make that... Huh. Yes, I don't think that that guy's going to stay evil, basically. Yeah, no. I think something has to happen there um, where like he brings himself around. I was actually thinking like he's probably going to bring back bring his Miles, that, that version of Miles back around as well. But I also think it'd be cool if he did find the Peter Parker of that universe and he played a role. Oh, that'd but be cool. Maybe that's a bit much on it. Um, but yeah, I think they're going to like figure it out. Yeah. Whatever form that takes. Maybe he's going to be like, I don't know, it might be convenient if they found like a another spider or something yeah, for him, but maybe it'll be like you can use your prowler stuff and still be a hero and, and be that same positive influence on your world. If you just stop being a dick about yeah. it. <laughs> um, a couple things. I want to talk about some of the voice cast. I feel like we didn't mention it, but like Ben Riley was Andy Sandberg. Oh, really? I didn't even notice. Yeah. We didn't, I f- should have mentioned this cause I heard, well, I guess I think, when we saw it, I didn't know who it was supposed to be. So I saw Jack Quaid said he was going to be in Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to pay attention for him. Do you, did you notice who Jack Quaid was? No, I didn't. Who was he? He was, he was Gwen's um, Peter Parker in the very beginning. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was kind of neat. Uh, I know uh, 
bought was oh he's in he's in all of he's in a lot of um Jason Schwartzman. Yes, yeah. He's in a lot of Wes Anderson movies. He's in this new one coming up too. Yeah, yes. I think that's about it though. I wasn't I mean we didn't I don't even know if we talked about anyone, but like obviously Haley Steinfeld and everyone was good in that movie. Oh yeah. To be sure. And and Jake Johnson is like really good as Peter Parker. Kind of like a you know, it's one of those choices you wouldn't think necessarily at first glance, but like man, does he does he do good, I think. Oh yeah, I think he was very well. Did you want to talk about Gwen? Do you want to breach that? What about Gwen? Uh, I don't know. What do you mean about sure we can talk about it? I'm down. There's been a bunch of discourse this week oh, we know about Gwen Stacy and whether or not um Gwen Stacy in this movie is trans. Whoa, what? Yes. So the logic follows that so, so I don't know, did you notice she has a a trans uh, protect can't protect trans kids flag in her bedroom. I did. I didn't notice that when we watched it. I just thought so it was just like queen thing from the like animators. Well, yeah, that's the thing. And I mean, I I'm not super plugged in this stuff, but that to me, having a flag that's not just a trans flag, but having a flag that says protect trans kids feels explicitly like an ally flag more so than like a like if you were I don't know maybe I'm thinking too into it, but if you were trans, would you have a flag that said that? As much as if you were trying to show your support, I don't know. Maybe either way. There's that, and there's the logic that um, her colors are like the trans flag colors. I did see something about that, but I thought that was just somebody goofing around. Or but something. I think it's like a stretch. I mean, I don't even know. Let's see. Let's do a little bit of research. But uh, I mean, she's had those colors for a long time. Yeah. But I guess I don't know how old the trans flag is either. And this says it was about. Well, okay. If this is the initial one, then maybe. Let's see. Oh, this is. 99 so i guess that's good long while yeah. <laughs> never mind but um i don't know i mean i don't feel too strongly about this it's one of those things i guess i have a couple thoughts ancillary to mm-hmm. it if they want to have uh spider gwen be trans that's fine i guess um but there's a couple weird behaviors i've seen around around it basically so one thing is that people get have gotten weird about like analyzing her character model and and trying to explain that and be like, well, look at her shoulders and her chest and this and that. I think I saw even someone be like, well, she's kind of got a masculine voice, don't you think? That's weird. Don't do it's that. It's just Haley Steinfeld's voice. That's well, yeah, exactly. That's just Haley Steinfeld, who is just a cis woman. So don't say that. And you shouldn't be trying to like analyze people's bodies to like do that anyway. That's a. It always grosses me out when you see that people do it all the time in really like really just hateful ways. Usually, it, oh, no yeah. one is ever doing that in good faith. It's always like, look, I've caught them or like even worse is like i mean it's just no good just don't do that so even though she's fictional i just don't think that's like a behavior you want to perpetuate also, she's animated in a in like a um movie that is very like famous for its like wild different animation styles mm-hmm. so i think a character having a weird model is not any like it's just because that's the style they're going for like I would agree. Every other frame of her universe, the pal- like it's a past, like it's like a watercolor background. Mm-hmm. So like, what do you, what are we even doing here, fellas? I agree. Also, does it matter if she's like, who cares? So that's so that's her thing. So if that like brings you joy or whatever happiness, then that's fine. Like you do you, I guess. But in general, I my thing is that I honestly think it's kind of shallow in the sense that they didn't actually commit to it in any meaningful way. So like. People are saying, like, we really want trans representation. I totally get that. But they didn't really put that out. Like, it's all these, like, subtle hints that people are trying to, like, reconstruct into this message. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is, if that was the intention, then they need to be more 
deliberate about it, I guess. Absolutely. That's how I feel. It's like, this isn't actually super meaningful um, if they don't actually put it into words. And then the other idea is that, like, her story itself is kind of allegorically related to the idea of, like, coming out and, you know, trying to be accepted by your loved ones, right? Mm -hmm. And I get that. But that, to me, is also weird because... I guess it can't be literal and allegory at the same time, right? Yeah, I feel like it has to be because one or the other. Because it's literally a story about her not wanting to tell her family that she's Spider-Man. Or whatever, Spider-Woman, right? Mm -hmm. So if you say, look, she's having a hard time coming out to her dad, that's like being trans. It just doesn't work as well to me because it's, again, it is about being Spider-Woman explicitly. We know yeah, that. There's no like, so what is it about? Then that's fine, right? This idea that like, this is a story about a teenager who's having a tough time being understood which on some level is like a universal teenage experience mm -hmm. right um then that's cool but then again if it's an allegory then it's not also she's not both scared of coming out as spider woman and scared of coming out as being trans yeah like because in that sense like i mean that's kind of a part of all spider people right yeah they're all trying to like be both the hero and the person I mean, miles also does that same arc pretty much in this movie has that same conflict so like and I don't think anyone's really saying that Miles is like a trans allegory either. No. So I don't know. Again, if that's if it if it brings you joy, then that's cool. But I just like I said, there's some weird behaviors going both directions. Obviously, there's also people being very shitty about oh, it. Of course, they gotta be. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it's weird. Don't do the weird trans analyzing thing of like. And then yeah, I, I just if it's allegory, it's allegory, and if it's not, it's not. But they, it's weird to me to try to argue that it's both things at the same time. And that's kind of something I've talked about before on here with certain things is like, I, I do understand how like representation is important. And I try to be like aware of that because, you know, being like cis white dudes, we are very, very well represented in media. So mm -hmm. we don't have to like, you know, look for this stuff like this. It's not something we ever have to worry about. Yeah. We've never not so had it. We have. So I, I do try to be like, you know, compassionate mm -hmm. in that way. But I do, like I said, I just feel that like on some level, if you identify with her story, then the identity part doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, because you can just relate to the story part of it. Yeah, it doesn't have... Again, if it's an allegory that resonates with you, then that's fine. Like, that's the whole point of stories. That's, is that yeah, that's the reason they have the allegory. You can understand people and, and situations and characters that aren't exactly the same as you. So, I don't know. And the thing is, like, I don't know, being trans isn't really, like, a visual visible identity either. Yeah. Right? Because there's a thing of, like... When you're talking about, like... um like visible minorities, right? Like it's really powerful that Miles Morales is like a black person who's Spider-Man that, you know, black people can look up to and say, like, look on screen visibly. He's like one of the main Spider-Man, right? That's he's right. got his whole, a whole series about how he's Spider-Man. Yeah. He's overcoming cool. all the challenges. Even people tell him he can't be Spider-Man. So there's like something there too. That's like actual, mm -hmm. that's kind of the allegory actually working. Cause he's can't be Spider-Man, but you can extrapolate that in your, in someone's own life being like, well, he can't do something because of who he is. Exactly. People are trying to tell him that he can't, that he's less than. Um, but again, it's like, that's also just kind of allegory. Like, I don't think people are joking about it, right? But Miguel's not actually racist. He doesn't hate Miles or anything because he's black, but that is like an allegorical kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's the same thing. And, and I guess maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think of transgenderism as being like a visible thing in that same kind of way, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think, and again, I don't think that they made any conscious de decisions to portray spider gwen in that way right right uh, so again if you identify with her that's fine but like i don't i guess it's just not i, I don't feel like it's important but again maybe it's not not our place to say yeah i don't know not important to us but to others 
but it's been the source of a ton of discourse. Well, of course, that stuff always is. I guess we'll see. People are people are now holding out to whether or not it's going to like be confirmed or denied fully in the sequel. But it is the type of thing where, depending if they don't really draw much attention to it one way or the other, um, like it could kind of live on as like a headcanon, right? Yeah. I mean, like a, but like, like a weird thing that like everybody, like a group of the internet agrees on for whatever reason. Uh, the last thing I just want to talk about real quick is um, people are uh, one of the complaints I've seen repeated a few times is why did Gwen talk to Miles' parents instead of just sneaking back out? Um, and I get that that was like kind of an awkward scene for like the viewers because it was an awkward scene for the characters. Yeah. But I think it was important because of her whole arc. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense for her. I don't think that was like a weird decision for the actual writing. Yeah. Because like her whole thing wants to hang out with Miles. Like she wasn't supposed to hang out with Miles at all. Mm-hmm. So like I don't know. I feel like she obviously the whole point is that they like each other and they haven't said anything. So it makes sense that she would just be around him. I'm in the part where at the end. What? Oh, at the very end. Okay, I see. Yeah. When she shows up to his universe and he's not there, and then she sneaks out and like talks to them. Yeah, I think that was. Yeah, I, was, I think that was fine. Right. The idea is that. I think it works because again, that's kind of her whole thing. Is that like she's taking responsibility? I mean, we in the very beginning of the movie, she she does the intro narration, right? And she says like that she hurt Miles and didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think it's it's a pretty big part of her arc is like taking responsibility and like she feels bad, right? Rightfully or not, like that's a big thing that she carries with her. Right. Yeah. And I also think um, that like she she has this, you know, what is it? Her relationship with her father, right, for most of this movie is um, strained. Yeah. And so I also think it makes sense that, like, she doesn't want that for his parents. And, again, she feels some responsibility for what's happened to him. So she's not just going to let them, like, worry about him for some indeterminate amount of time yeah. that he's gone. Until he, until he shows up and the universe is collapsing around him. I don't know. I think it made plenty of sense that, like, she needed to tell them, like, hey, he's, like, gone. I can't really tell you where because, again, they don't really know the full extent of everything. But, like... I'm going to get him. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring him back. Yeah. So I think that makes I don't know what it seems weird to me. Yeah. Again, I understand that like it's weird because it's like I don't know. I probably would just leave, but I also understand why they wouldn't do that. It's for a story because it feel like I feel like people would have the opposite complaint of like, well, why didn't you just tell him? Like, give him some information. Yeah. Just give him nothing. Yeah. It'd yeah, be so weird. Like, no matter what, the people people would pick it apart in whatever way they want to. Mm-hmm. That's people are want to do. The last thing is that apparently Haley Steinfeld said that she hasn't recorded any dialogue for the sequel yet, which is somewhat distressing because uh, it's supposed to come out next year. I think they're going to push the is, date back. Well, that's the theory. I mean, there's nothing. I don't think that's confirmed one or the other, but I. it seems like a lot of the speculation there comes from that specific thing. I heard which, that they removed the like date. The like, date they had from like March, whatever, of next year. They removed that from their Twitter. But I don't, I don't. I did. Yeah, I did see that. But you're right. I didn't confirm that myself either. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it wouldn't surprise me. Um, that was a. I mean, that was a tight ass timeline, right? Like eight months. Yeah. Turn around. But like, I mean, they probably. I mean, they just have to record the lines. I mean, they got all the animated scenes down. Well, I, see, but I, I was under the impression that that's normally one of the earlier steps. I guess that's true because they get the dialogue before animation. Yeah, most of the time. Um, but I have a couple theories about it. One is that. When I said this last week, I kind of assumed that because the turnaround was so tight that they were working on these movies concurrently and that's, that the second one was already almost done. That's what I assumed because it was part one, part two. And she mentioned that she's been recording on and off for this one for four years already, 
which suggests to me that maybe she's recorded more of that next one than she realizes. Mm-hmm. Also, like, yeah, she would. She, I just feel like she wouldn't have a super good idea, or like, I mean, you have to have a very specific memory to realize everything that you said that went into and didn't go into, and like what was cut and what's been changed and stuff. So I feel like there's a chance yeah. that most of it's recorded and she just wasn't fully aware she was doing it. Honestly. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be like pickups and stuff and like redos you have to do in the next eight months and then that'll be it. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It could very well get delayed. I don't know one way or the other, but I mean, like we talked about it, it did take them five years and it seems like the consensus was that the reason they were able to do, you know, that it took five years to do one, but then they were going to have another one in eight months is because that five years was actually used to do them all make both of them so yeah they were a part one part two situation so exactly but we'll see oh daniel kaluuya that was the other one i wanted to mention but hobby jack hobby whatever he's called yeah it's daniel kaluuya did you know that yeah i didn't know that i don't think we talked about that we did not but great actor love him good on him great nope he is great nope all right i think it's about it think about it any more topics we're just gonna end it right about here ah uh, we've been going for almost two hours already right yeah i'd say for next week we're yeah. going to have less as well. So, so we'll like a tech right about here. Uh, we didn't mention at the top. Uh, we did our other banter. There's been two years of the show. So oh, that's true. <laughs> episode 104. <laughs> so technically, it's the two-year anniversary of the show. Uh, we didn't do anything special because uh, we're bad at planning. But maybe we'll have something with guests at some point in the future. We'll, 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 we'll get our act together eventually um, and stop just kind of like that's weird. ham-fisting our way through this. It's weird that like you know a year is almost exactly fifty weeks because then like the 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 year marks line up pretty closely with the like hundred mark yeah you know fifty hundred which are like round numbers that are more appealing to my my human brain yeah, it's nice and even because we just did a hundred episodes which is a pretty big milestone I feel like right oh yeah and now we're already at two years which is kind of sad it's really two years did we start in June we I started, we started our first yeah. episode came out. On June twenty second, twenty twenty one. Did it really? Yes, it did. So we recorded well, so how, it. Technically, the first recording year. is June eighteenth. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not maybe not two years exactly, but purely by week and yeah, number, yeah. it lines up. Exactly. So depending on how you reckon a year, we're actually not quite there yet. We're not quite there. But you're saying we're in spin distance. Is that what you're telling me? We're frauds. You're a liar. Well, is yeah. That, I lie, that, everything you've ever said is a lie. Is it as that's what I'm getting from this. Pretty much, you shouldn't trust anything I've ever said. Wow, you think you know a guy? You think you know? You, do, you, think you do. You think you do almost two years of podcast episodes with a guy? Almost. There's a couple I wasn't there for, mm. and one that you weren't there for. But I've been gone more than you have. Um, True. I think. Uh, yeah. So, wish we had something more fun. If we had like people follow us on Twitter and Instagram, we'd do like a Q and A or something. But we don't. We're not there yet. We're gonna. We're gonna put more energy into that though. Maybe we say that. Like I said, I probably said that. A dozen times, um, you know. This time you mean this, it? this time I mean it. Um, also, we could do um, we could do a face review real quick. What we've never shown our faces. Um, we've always worn those masks. All right. So you want you want to take off our masks? Yeah, I'll so take off my off. big elaborate mask. Shoot. All right, you're you taking it off. All right, I also took mine off. I, I was it was me. I was Peter Parker the whole time. <gasps> oh my goodness! So if we had a vid- visual podcast, it would have been a great reveal, but we don't. But if we did, listeners, now I want you, art listeners, if you're out there, Jeff, you don't count because you know what we look like. But <laughs> anyone else, draw what you think we look like. If you don't know, if you do know, don't don't play along. That's not that's no fun. Uh, if, if anyone's listening, what is this? I don't know. Well, I, whatever. This is supposed to be. This is the, 
this is beginning of the show rambling at the end of the show. I don't know what's going on. Incredible. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up then. <laughs> I think there's a honestly though at this point I feel like a it's still a pretty sizable portion of our listeners know who we who we are and oh I think I life probably ninety percent of people of them have <laughs> met one or both of us. Great. And not just met like have known for many years. <laughs> yeah. 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 But you gotta start somewhere. So we're gonna wrap it up right about here. As always, thanks so much for listening these past eh, two-ish years. So as you can find us wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter at Akitech Jazz. That's J-A-Z for as long as Twitter exists. On Gmail at ArchitectJazz at gmail.com. On Instagram at The Akitech Podcast, all lowercase. Uh, as always, our logo the last few years has been done by Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at InkOcean at JPG on Instagram or on Redbubble. That's it. And our intro was done by Celery Salt. Uh, you can find him on Spotify and SoundCloud. He just finished doing some sound um, engineering on an album that I don't remember the name of, and my phone is dead, so I can't look it up. But next next episode, I will have that to promote things that he's done. Um, so thanks to them for helping us out. And as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Take care to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night, and Godspeed.